The very first link I clicked on, the screen slowly, you know, was showing an image, and it was my mother in her wedding dress. It was wow. a picture from that article. There was a, a, a young couple next to me, and I just looked over at them, and I said, that's my mom. Who am I? 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 This is Who Am I Really? A podcast about adoptees that have located and connected with their biological family members. Hey, it's Damon. On the show today, I'm joined by David. He grew up in Southern California with one adopted sister whom he lovingly refers to as his lifetime sister. David remembers the day when his family went to pick up Jennifer when she was adopted, and they both grew up knowing they were adoptees. He said he didn't really think about his biological family much until one day it just hit him. He didn't know anything about where he was from. His curiosity was piqued and fed by Jennifer's eventual discovery of her own biological father and urging from his wife to keep searching. In the end, David's collaborative teamwork with his adoption search angel, Priscilla, helped him learn more about his mother and father and connect to his biological sister. Here's David's journey. David grew up in Southern California and was perfectly comfortable with his adoption from an early age. But in his teen years, there was a week where everybody was asking him if he was Irish. It turned out his adopted mother had a little bit of confirmation about his original identity. I grew up knowing my whole life that I was adopted. You know, I was told, I, I don't know exactly at what age, but it was young enough that that's just what I knew. And I didn't even know what it really meant, quite frankly. I just kind of, I would tell people I'm adopted, <laughs> you know. There was a period I was working. It was It was shortly after I graduated high school. And... I was working at the grocery store as a box boy, bagging groceries and stuff, and the day shift. And so I'd have a lot of, you know, young mothers with their kids and stuff coming through. And in the period of like one or two weeks, I had three or four different people ask me if I was Irish. And I, I had never given it much thought. I was raised Jewish. The family history of my adopted parents on both sides were a Russian immigrant who came to the U.S., uh, my grandparents. So that was the only history I knew, which of course it wasn't my own personal biological heritage, but you know, so I never gave it much thought about, you know, what nationality I was. Mm-hmm. And so I asked my mother, Hey, do you know what my nationality is? And sure enough, she said, yeah, you're mostly Irish and a little bit German. Is that right? People who are watching you on the street were spot on, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's fascinating. And, you know, as, as a kid, when I thought Irish, I thought of, like, red-headed freckles. Exactly, you know? yeah. And I'm not that. I'm, you know, I guess it's Northern Irish where you have the dark hair, and it's very common and stuff. But it's just something I really had never given a thought to. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of fascinating. And I asked my mother if she knew anything else. And again, I'm probably about 18 or 19 at this point. And she said she knew the last name on the birth certificate or whatever was Roby. But she she said that I don't think that was actually, you know, anybody related to you. I think it was my mother's first marriage. But she said she knew that I had two 
older half-brothers from her first marriage, a few years older than me. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. How did she you know, know that? Again, Do you know? I, well, yeah, I found out much later. She actually met my mother in the final signing off on the paperwork after I was born. Whoa. In court, you know, just kind of like formality. And that was really all she knew. So that would have been like around 89. No, no, it would have been earlier than that. But again, I couldn't do anything with that. Yeah, it's not and much I info. Didn't, I didn't give it too much thought. Although I do remember one time I uh, was with some friends and it was a beautiful day. And I just kind of got really sad. I had like a total thing about where the hell did I come from? You yeah. know, I just suddenly felt alone in the universe. I felt like... I have no idea where the heck I came from. Mm. I don't know why it hit me all at once. It was just kind of overwhelming. Several years later, after David married his wife Diane, she suggested he might want to try to locate his birth mother. I asked David why she made that suggestion and whether he thought she was seeing a need in him to search. I'm a musician, I didn't mention that, but I've had some lyrics that I've written. In fact, a whole song I wrote called Gave Me Life, which is about that. Mm. And some other songs where I make reference to that. And so maybe that might have been one of the reasons yeah. he said something. So you weren't overtly speaking and, about it, but your your lyrics were showing some deep emotion and some thought in the background about it, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, my whole childhood, I never thought about it. And maybe maybe it was back there, but I really don't have recollection of wondering until you know I was an adult. Makes perfect sense. So your yeah. wife has begun to urge you. What did you think? Were you still in the sort of just I, like, nah, I'm good? Or did you say, yeah, no, you know, I'm at, starting at to feel point, it? At that point, I did kind of want to find out. Mm-hmm. And I found an organization in Southern California that helped adoptees. And again, this is the early 90s, so it, it's pre-internet and really having the ability to do much on your own. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that they told me is that you can send to the state for non-identifying information. And, you know, they told me what to do. I filled out the form and sent it in. It was the early 90s, before internet searches to locate people was as fruitful as they are now. He found that in Southern California, he could submit a form to the state to receive his non-identifying information. The results he received were fascinating for David. He learned about the makeup of his biological parents' families, about some of their hobbies and interests, and began to trace traits that he learned about them back to himself. He still didn't know how to find them. Then, he got a random clue about his biological mother out of the blue. And I got two pages of information, which was actually really valuable information. Although, again, at the time, there wasn't a lot I could do with it, but it still was fascinating. Because it, it, what it is, is it's information that both parents fill out. And I found out my uh, mother was born in New York. My father was born in Texas. And she was one of eight kids and Catholic, and it, it did say Irish. <laughs> and my father was the oldest of five boys. So it's two large families. And right. my family that I grew up with was me, and I had a younger sister who was also adopted. My younger sister is Jennifer, and she was three and a half years younger than me. Mm-hmm. And I actually remember going to pick her up. Really? <laughs> yeah, which was kind of cool. Yeah, I just remember kind of getting out of the car in the parking lot and going somewhere, and next thing we know, I have a sister. <laughs> wow. And you knew at that time already that you were adopted, even though you didn't quite know what it meant, but now you sort of had a personal right. experience. You watched someone else's adoption happen. Exactly. That's interesting. Up. 
<laughs> and it was interesting because in addition to that, one of the things that it said was that my parents were not married and they had lived together for a couple months and decided they were not going to get married. And that's the reason they put me up for adoption. The, the other thing that was kind of neat was it had, it listed their, their jobs at the time and, you know, education. It also had some medical background. It also told their ages that she was 27 when I was born. Oh, and I think my father was 30, something like that. It also had like their like hobbies and interests. And wow. My father was in sports and playing bridge and building model airplanes. Oh, that's and so interesting. I've always been into sports, more of a fan than actually a participant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did play bridge as a kid, something I learned with my family. But I was really into models. I used to love to build, especially like space models and, and planes, too. So that was kind of interesting. That's fascinating. And my mother also was very artistic. She liked to paint and draw. And I liked to draw and things like that. Mm-hmm. So that, that was kind of neat. Yeah. And you're an artist as a musician as well. So you're the artistic side of your brain, you know, seems yeah. to resonate with your mother's side, huh? Yeah, yeah. And so that was kind of neat to find out. Again, this is like 92, I think. And, you know, again, I still didn't have any real direction on what to do with this. And it was kind of weird. I got a phone call one night from a woman at this organization, and she said, your mother's maiden name is Edmondson. Mm-hmm. And I was like, because I never heard that name before. Right. I was like, okay, what's her first name? <laughs> right. <laughs> but she said, I can't tell you that. And she hung up. <laughs> and it was like, what was that? Really? So this wife, wasn't like a formal follow-up call. This was kind of a, hey, I got a quick thing I need to tell you, but don't tell anybody yeah. I told you. Really? Good for like, her. Hey, I'm breaking the law here. <laughs> and yeah. I was just like, okay, what do I do with this? Mm-hmm. So this possibility that my mother's maiden name is Edmondson, just based on somebody telling me that. And I had the name that I knew, you know, that was on my birth record. But again, that was my mother's first husband's last name. That okay. was her name when I was born, because she didn't change her name back to her maiden name. I understand. So again, that was a name that was not relative to me. It just happened to be on my paperwork. David learned that his paperwork was with the Riverside County Courts. He got some specific advice on how to approach the courts in the hopes of getting a tidbit of additional information about himself. You know, they told me I was born in, in L.A. County, but at the time I was born, my adoptive parents were living in Riverside County. So all my paperwork went through the Riverside court. So I had to actually go. They told me, go to the court, you know, 10 minutes before lunch (laughs) (laughs) and Find the clerk and ask them to get five copies of your paperwork because they, they had to manually take a black magic marker and block out anything that had a name. Right. And so the hope is that on one of those five copies, they might miss somewhere. <laughs> That's very clever. <laughs> <laughs> All this crazy stuff. So my wife and I, we drove. It was like, you know, it's like an hour drive and we go down there and we do this. We get all the paperwork and, you know, there was nothing gained from that. It was paperwork I already had. And I kind of got frustrated and really didn't do anything. And it was like a year later that my first child was born. Mm -hmm. And it was you who said in your intro piece Mm -hmm. about your podcast. And that was the first thing that grabbed me. You mentioned your first child and having the resemblance, you know, and, and this is your first time you have a blood relative. That's right. 
it was exactly the same for me because my daughter looks so much like me and my wife. And it's weird for people, you know, they just grow up the normal way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's all they know. <laughs> right, right. Is everybody looks like them some way. <laughs> that was something that was really amazing and powerful to me. And then, and we all look so much alike. We're a family of four, and mm -hmm. you can tell. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> all related. Fast forward to January 2015. Adoption reunification touched David's family through his sister Jennifer. His curiosity was piqued yet again because of Jennifer's experience with her search angel. My sister Jennifer that I grew up with, I call her my lifetime sister. Mm -hmm. I love that. She, she was adopted. She's the person I grew up with. She's my sister, my family. She had contacted a search angel online, and I didn't even know anything about this, you know, and she found her father very quickly. They see each other all the time. They look so much alike, it's ridiculous. Wow, that's and awesome. So she was the one who said, hey, you really should do this. And I was like, okay, cool. And I, and again, I, I still had that great information from the state of California all these years later. And I contacted uh, Priscilla, the search angel, and man, she is amazing. But, you know, my sister's was very quick because the names were... Uncommon names. I My see. case wasn't Irish Edmondson, and, right? And uh, and there's a lot of even different spellings of that name, mm -hmm. even within the same family. I see. But wow. it took a couple months, and I didn't just give it to her and say, "Hey, let me know when you find her." He worked collaboratively with his own search angel, Priscilla, researching online, digging through Ancestry.com, Newspapers.com, collecting tidbits of information to help piece his own puzzle together. They updated one another on the clues they had accumulated. It really was exciting. I mean, there was two, three weeks period there where it's like every day I just couldn't wait to get on the computer and, and start, you know, <laughs> searching. Right. And it was amazing. Yeah, I'll bet. So what did you find? And, what uh, kinds of stuff did you uncover? I found a lot of stuff. The weirdest thing, this is totally crazy because I live in Indiana. Okay. I live in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Mm -hmm. But like I told you, I'm, I'm, I grew up in L.A., and I told you, my, my mother was from New York and my father was from Texas. My mother married her first husband in Terre Haute, Indiana. Really? And uh, in the 50s, I was like, that's crazy. That's unbelievable. <laughs> you know, that was just kind of an interesting tidbit to find out. Yeah, of but all the so, places in the nation. Yeah. And, you know, I ended up searching the newspapers in Terre Haute and I came across, and this was during my little free trial period, I came across her wedding uh, announcement in the local Terre Haute paper. No way. And that must have been so cool. Yeah, it was describing, you know, what she wore, and only her father attended from her family. Well, after my trial ended, turns out our, our local library is really great for resources. You have access to all those websites, you know, Ancestry and newspapers, all those websites that you normally have to pay for. You can just go your local library. Yeah, I think people I really underestimate, people don't know or underestimate the value yeah. of the public library for searches like these. I mean, the library is just an amazing resource. Oh, yes. So, and I went and I typed in, again, because Edmondson is a very common name. Mm -hmm. My mother's, at this point, I knew, I knew her name. And again, that's a very common name, but her father's name was not a common name. And so I typed that in and the very first link I clicked on, and the screen is, you know, it's in the library, so the computer's a little slower. The screen slowly, you know, was showing an image 
and it was my mother in her wedding dress. It was wow. the picture from that article, and oh, I'm staring at it. That is so cool. You get to <laughs> see her on one day. of her most beautiful days, aside, from, of course, from the day yeah, that you were born. Yeah, and 22. Mm -hmm. In the picture, she's 22, and that was the exact age of my daughter, and they look like... Really? <laughs> it's like, I was just, I, you know, I was tears. I would have been a mess, <laughs> yeah. There was a, a a young couple next to me, and I just I just looked over at them and I said, "That's my mom. Wow. I've never seen her before." That was a pretty amazing night. That was been spectacular, man. Yeah. The other thing that was really cool for me was I had started posting about this on Facebook, kind of letting them know. Initially, when I first started, I had said, "I'm I'm really close to uh, figuring out a 50 year old mystery." <laughs> And I think some people figured out what I might be talking about, and other people, you know, they didn't even know I was adopted. You know, I started giving more and more information. People did know uh, by this point that this is what I was doing. I got home that night and I posted that picture. What did Everybody people say? Really, they're just really supportive and like, and it's like, wow, she looks like you. <laughs> I could see the resemblance, you know. And I mentioned that it looked like my daughter, and yeah, that looks just like your daughter, you know. And it, it was really such a cool thing. So I'll never forget the day. It was 2015, March 11th. And that whole week, going back and forth, we, we learned so much. And somewhere along the line, we had discovered that my mother had another child, a daughter. Mm -hmm. She was 18 months younger than me. Okay. I'm saying, okay, cool. I now have five half-siblings. Because my, my father's information, it also said that his... He had two children from his first marriage. This is in the so non-identifying package. Right. Got so it. I knew I had four siblings, half-siblings, and now I'm finding about a fifth. I'm going, oh, yeah, I never thought about younger kids. Uh, again, it's just like, cool. All right, there's another half-sibling. Somewhere along the line, Priscilla found the name uh, who my mother married. So I started searching his name, and I was searching... Terre Haute again, because it was obvious that that's where they hooked up. <laughs> and I, sure enough, I came across his first wedding on newspapers.com. Wow. And, and I'm reading the information and it listed his parents' names. And the information that I had had from the state of California, they, they both died very young in their 40s. I was able to find both of their death certificates. And oh, wow. that proved to me without doubt that he was my father. So my mother ended up marrying my father after all. Ironically, it was St. Patrick's Day evening. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is like six days after I found the picture of my mother, St. Patrick's Day evening, I'm just, you know, downstairs in my basement on my computer, and I just go, oh my God, she married my father. David had also recruited one of his friends to help him with his search. He gave her all of the information he had. The very next day, after he confirmed his own parents' marriage to one another, he woke up to a message from his friend. So the next morning, I wake up, and there's a, a message that had come through overnight from my friend saying, I'm positive this is where your mother lives. And it was an address in Oregon. And wow. I was like, okay. What did you think <laughs> at that moment? Well, I had seen when I was searching her name, and I had seen a lot in California and a couple pop up in Oregon. When she gave me that information, I was, like, I was very intrigued. I thought, wow, this is really cool. 
So that morning, I was searching online again. And, and again, Facebook was a valuable tool in all of this. So here it is, the day after I realized my, my parents actually got married. Okay. I, I came across a link. It was a name I'd come across, and I was confused. I was thinking that it was like a really much younger brother, and it was his his wife posted about her passing away, and this was exactly six months to the day prior. This link I found was six months old, and it was from September 18th. And sorry, it was about whose passing? My mother. Oh. Yeah, so I... Mm. You know, I went through this this whole week of just like I found her. I know what she looks like. I now I know where she lives. I'm gonna find her, and she died six months prior. Mm. You know, it just kills you. Yeah, and, and so it was I only six again. months. You've probably yeah. felt like you just missed her. Yeah, I I just you yeah. know I sat there and I thought, well, I'm never gonna know her personally. Mm-hmm. But I, I immediately went, wait a minute, I have a full-blood sister. That younger sister is not a half-sister, my full sister. David immediately started searching for his full sister. He was able to locate her on Facebook that same day. The social media platform had given him a lot of information to act on, so he started trying to find ways to call her. He had three phone numbers for her in the city where her Facebook page said she had lived. He nervously called each one, but those numbers were no longer hers, and she no longer lived in the city where her page said she lived. Then his sister, Jennifer, gave him some good advice on how to contact his full sister, and it would only cost him one dollar. So my, my sister, Jennifer, again, my lifetime sister, the one who got me started on this whole crazy journey, she told me how she, the first person she made contact with was, was her aunt on her mother's side. And she reached her by sending, back then, you couldn't message somebody directly if you weren't a friend. If you did, it would just go to what was called other. And most people never even saw that. But my sister told me that back then they had the option, if you wanted to send a message to somebody that they, got, that they saw, you could pay a dollar. You know, that's going to weed out any kind of spam. Yeah. Nobody's going to pay a dollar to send you spam. So I did that Sunday morning. This was March 22nd now, and I waited. And I knew, based on what I, I knew from her page, I figured she's probably going to church, so it'll be sometime after that if she sees it. I had sent a message that says, I really need to talk to you about your parents. It's very important. And I'm, I, I said, I'm not scamming. or, or this. It's just important. And, and uh, my, I made my Facebook page very open, mm-hmm. and I even changed my pictures to things that she, like, she's a big Dodgers fan. And I happen to have a picture of my family where I'm wearing a Dodgers hat. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. so I put that up as my cover. You know? Yeah. And I thought, okay, you know, hopefully I'll get a response. You created this safe online space for her to land so that when she came to your page, she would feel yeah. comfortable with some of this stuff subliminally. Yeah, well, you know, as you can see, I'm from Southern California. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of information, you know, about me. And so I was out in the yard, <laughs> you know, doing leaves. And, and I had my cordless phone in, in the pocket because I was my house phone. And, and I just had it in my pocket and I was just doing work and the phone rang. 
And as soon as I looked down at the caller ID, I, I recognized her area code. And I picked up the phone and she says, are you my brother? <laughs> and just like that. Really? It's like, yeah, this little sweet voice. Like, are you my brother? <laughs> and I said, yeah. <laughs> and we, we, I sat down and we talked for more than an hour and, you know, we were crying initially. <laughs> oh my gosh. And on her side, it explained a lot. Like but, what? Well, just, it, just things that she always had feelings about. But the, the, the thing that was amazing to find out was I was an absolute secret. Nobody knew at all except for my two parents and my mother's parents. Because when she got pregnant, she went from Terre Haute to Glendale, California. She went there and she stayed there. And that's where I was born. <laughs> wow. My father, who was still married to his first wife and had two young kids, he picked up the move to Glendale, California. <laughs> And, you know, I, I still don't know at what point they end up getting divorced because that had to have happened fairly quickly after that. You know, um, my, my mother had already been divorced. My mother's divorce, it's kind of funny. It's almost exactly nine months before I was born. It's like nine months and two weeks before I was born. Really? Yeah. <laughs> hmm. So it kind of makes you wonder. Yeah. But nobody ever knew, including like... Um, my mother's best friend, you know, she never knew. None of her, her couple siblings that are still alive never knew. Nobody but nobody ever knew. David emailed his newfound sister Mary the information that he had obtained from the state of California, which totally confirmed everything for her. That was March of 2015. He got to meet her in person just a few months later. So after we, we talked, it wasn't until, that was March, and it was... June 20th, 2015 was when I finally got to meet her in person. My family, the four of us, we flew out to L.A. and we met. And she also had her daughter was there. So my niece and, and my kid's first cousin. Now, we had already become Facebook friends as well. And so they already kind of knew each other. And it was amazing to meet in person. But it was also it, it was a little bit of an awkward day because I think we ended up having too many people there. I see. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it would, have, it would have just been better to be just us, especially, I think, just the two of us initially. Right. I think that's important. It I really think is. that's right. Yeah. If you're there managing your kids, and she's managing her kids, and it's mealtime, and they're bored, and... We even had more people than that. So, definitely, that would be some advice I would tell anybody, is just make sure initial contact is really... It's one-on-one. Yeah. No matter what the situation is, it really should be. That makes sense, because it really is just about you in the beginning, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because there's so much to talk about. And again, this is after having many multi-hour phone calls. It was almost three months from when we first connected till we first met, you know, wow. just in the distance. And, and it's funny because we're kind of not like the rest of our family, or our blood family. <laughs> How do you mean? Especially on the political side. <laughs> our, the, our family is, is very conservative, and neither of us are. <laughs> I see. I see. But yeah, we have, we think a lot alike, and it, I think it, it does really kind of bother both of us that we didn't get to grow up together. Yeah. Because, I mean, just how close we've become in just over two years. But I think 
I think we both kind of knew very early on just in our phone conversations that we can just kind of be that way with each other. But, all right, let's just make this what it is and act like we did grow up together. That's really cool. Yeah. Like I said, I set out looking to find my birth mother. I really didn't even think about my father because, you know, the information I knew from the state, I just thought the only way I'm ever going to know his name is if I do find my birth mother. And then to find out everything that happened, that they got married, and that I have a full sister. I mean, I could never have even thought about that. Yeah, it's amazing the scenarios that you uncover that, you know, your imagination can take one trajectory and the reality is a completely different area. Yeah, but, you know, one of the things I still want to do, and it was Andre, your first guest. This is what he mentioned that intrigued me. Mm -hmm. I still want to get my original birth certificate. And this is why I really would like to get it. Because on his, they had a name for him. And I would love to know if my mother named me. Yeah, it's true. You're, you had an identity. You were her son your whole life. But in that moment when you were born, she would have thought of a name for you. I was also born the day before Thanksgiving. And, and my sister Mary did tell me that that was always my mother's favorite holiday. I know for the rest of her life, she thought about me, you know, on Thanksgiving. Wow, that's amazing. That's a nice feeling to have. That makes your own Thanksgiving even that much better, right? Yeah. yeah. Out of curiosity, did Mary help you gain a connection to your mom? And how did she do that? Yeah. So, you know, that's that's the fabulous thing is that she, she immediately sent me pictures of, you know, various times of her childhood with her and, and even some pictures of, of her younger than that and, and telling me what she knew about uh, both sides of the family. But uh, on the other side, I actually helped her reconnect with her own family members. It's like some she had never met. And I feel good about reconnecting her with her own family. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's really spectacular. You Your presence has resurrected some old relationships. That's super cool. So in closing, what do you think... You've done a lot. You did a lot of research, and you did it over many different years, across different decades, various technological capabilities. You've had search angels and friends. Yeah. Is there anything that you would do differently? What would you change? What do you wish had unfolded differently? Well, you know, I certainly wish I would have taken advantage of, especially here where I live in Fort Wayne. Turns out our public library is only second to the Mormons you know, the Utah um, Public Library, as far as um, birth genealogy, mm-hmm. that's been one of their biggest things here. And and I've lived here 17 years, and I certainly could have taken advantage of that. And with the information I had from the state, I, I'm sure I would have found her much sooner. Well, congratulations on connecting with your sister. I'm so sorry that Thanks. you missed your mom by such a short period of time, but it sounds like you've connected with so many other family members. That's just, that's, yeah. a, that's a spectacular adventure you were on, man. It really was. It was, it was a little bit of a roller coaster, but it was a heck of a ride. It oh, really was. I can imagine. I can imagine. And now you've got just a little bit of closure. And as you look at your own kids, you can look at your sister and all your half siblings and see a direct tie in a family tree relation. That's super cool. And the coolest thing is my, my, my niece, Mary's daughter, her name's Allison. Mm-hmm. She just had her own child uh, last month. Oh, yeah. Well, it was, it, it was uh, yeah, the beginning of April. and Or, I mean, it was the beginning of, um, it was in March. 
beginning of March, and I went out there just a few weeks ago. I got to see the baby. He's like the closest thing to a grandson. I have. That's great. And, and I said to her, I said, this is, this is my first blood relative who's always going to know me just as Uncle Dave. You know, I'm not <laughs> surprised Uncle Dave. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Very cool. Well, good to not yeah. be surprised, Uncle Dave. I hope that you will uh, share your story and the fact that you did this with your lifetime sister, Jennifer. I would love to talk to her about her adventure. But in the meantime, yeah. congratulations to your family on expanding with that little person. Yeah. Cool, David. Thank you for taking time tonight, man. I appreciate it so much. All right, man. Well, great talking to you. Hey, it's me. David sounds so happy. Now he has two wonderful sisters, one in each family, who are all now family together. It was so great that his younger sister Jennifer had found her own family and was able to pass on the experience of using a search angel to her older brother. It sounded like they did an amazing amount of work online and at the library to uncover as much information as they could gather about David's family. I could almost see David sitting in front of the library's computer screen as the image of his biological mother filled the screen in her wedding dress. What an amazing moment that must have been. Then to go home and have a message from a dedicated and helpful friend that said she definitely knew where his mother was. Sadly, David's mother had passed away before he could get to know her in person. But what a great feeling to have his biological sister Mary call and outright ask for confirmation that he was her brother. While he didn't get to know his mother, it sounds like he feels close to her through Mary. I hope you'll find something in David's journey that inspires you, validates your feelings about wanting to search, or motivates you to have the strength along your journey to learn, who am I, really? This episode was edited by Sarah Fernandez. If you would like to share your story of locating and connecting to your biological family, visit whoamireallypodcast.com slash share. You can look for the show on Facebook and follow me on Twitter at WAI Really. <laughs>